and we're live. All right, everyone, welcome back to um, Wholesome Transmissions, the show where we usually talk about uh, video games and people that play video games and mentality a bit, but this is our first uh, bonus episode to our season. So I'm gonna explain that a bit. Um, our goal for the show is to kind of release like an episode a month and um, have it be more focused on like video games and stuff. But if we can record bonus episodes with guests or we are able to get some um, people on that might not fit the normal flow of the show, um, we will be doing that in sort of these bonus episode formats. And that is exactly what we have today. Um, our guest is, uh, his, he goes by uh, Kabatko, but um, his name is Jacob and um, Radio and I are talking to him. So I want to give a little bit of a background to why uh, we have him on. Um, so I've kind of been following this video game company from the Czech Republic for oh, man, like probably like seven years now. I um, when I was I think it was like 2012 when I was first introduced to their games because uh, the company Hexage makes a bunch of mobile games. Um, they're also on PC and they're uh, two of them are actually on the Nintendo Switch right now. Um, Ritual and Reaper, which you should definitely check those games out. But um, I got introduced to them. Um, through their game Radiant Defense, and I remember, I distinctly remember reaching out to the uh, to the company on Facebook, and um, they basically, I was just saying, you know, this game was amazing. I really enjoyed it, and I just remember initially, like they the the PR person, whoever runs the account, got back to me and was like, "Super glad you enjoy it. Here's a code for our other game, Robotech, and you should check it out." And I was like, "Wow, that was like really just generous and kind." And um, I think from that interaction, Hexage, um, the games that they make are super interesting and super well done, very stylish games. The music um, is fantastic and that the music for all their games are made by Kabatko. So uh, the company has always st stood out to me and I reached out to them saying, hey, um, is anyone interested on being on our new show? And they, uh, they suggested uh, Kabako coming on. So um, Kabatko, just kind of giving a, a little introduction on him. Um, he is the sound producer for Hexage's video games. Um, he's a musician himself. He composes. He's a sound engineer. Um, uh, he, so apparently he's traveled across like a lot of the world, including like New Zealand and Siberia. And he's been um, awarded the Golden Angel Award for music production in the Czech Republic, which apparently I've heard is like one of the, if not the highest um, recognition in, in the Czech Republic for music, which is amazing. And again, um, he produces all of the, the music for Hexage's games. Um, so I'm really happy to have him on. I'm really excited for him to agree to be on the show, given that we really don't have a whole lot of episodes to showcase and we're really excited about that. So, um, Jacob, I just kind of wanted to start out by just, um, you know, telling, having you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for work and, you know, we'll just kind of let it go from there. <laughs> Hello guys. Thanks for the introduction. I'm glad to be on the show. Uh, yeah. You basically said everything correctly. I just would like to add that, uh, besides being a music producer, which is basically my hobby, uh, mm -hmm. my main job is a programmer and uh, as you were talking about Hexage, originally, um, before Hexage got like established, um, me and the guys met in a game development company okay. uh, where I was doing level design for games. So basically, I was a level designer and then I was becoming a programmer. And 
just the music is my hobby basically so okay i'm, I'm not living from it so it's just my big hobby so that's something i'd like to yeah oh no problem and i know that you said that you do have uh you do have your own music label um yeah 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 yes uh, what is it beyond belief and okay, that's belief, yeah. and that's where you release your music so um i guess i wanted to ask them kind of getting into i guess we'll talk about hexage a little bit now then which is um so how was that experience like starting out with Hexage and do you also do programming for the games? Uh, actually, I don't do programming because um, maybe I will give you more details on the when we were starting. So yeah. um, uh, basically when I was looking for my first job and I was really into games back then, I I found this like open position at the Walt Disney, um, at the oh, American wow. company. Uh, they had a, a mobile game studio in Prague in the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. And that's where I got hired as a level designer. I basically wanted to become a game designer, but they were saying, hey, you don't have that much experience and maybe after some time you can become one. But right now, like we can offer you like a position of a level designer. And I said, why not? So I just took it. And I spent there, I think like, over two years. So I was working on the games for Walt Disney. So we were doing like the games for the Walt Disney movies and Pixar. So that was like Cars, Hannah Montana, and yeah, there was also Turok and uh, some like games with like Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. And that was like at the age when there was like no Android and no iPhone. Very yeah. basically, when I was leaving the company, uh, iPhone and Android were just starting. So uh, I was working on the games that were basically developed for these old Nokia phones, and I, it was like Sony Ericsson and other mobile uh, companies. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was like these little screens, and like every kilobyte was counting. You know, like today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> there is a luxury yeah. that you can just develop like these huge games for these devices. Yeah. And back then, like everything was a problem. And sometimes we were like downsizing the games for the uh, like very tiny screens. Like the game was basically nothing. Like it was just like <laughs> nothing of the original. Like there was just like two levels of the game. And that was it. Like it was unbelievable. But <laughs> that, was it. that was the time back then, you know. So yeah. So that was like quite interesting period of time. And uh, that's where I met uh, some of the guys that then established Hexage. So oh, okay. that's where we met. And um, um, uh, so um, why I was leaving the company, because it was quite an interesting job. I just felt like level design was not my thing anymore. I just wanted to explore more of the programming. Mm -hmm. because that's something that I saw in the company a lot. So I just quit the job and I um, went uh, back to university because I didn't have a university de degree before that. Yeah. So I just uh, paid for my uni and I went there and I studied computer science for like three years. And when I finished, like there was like other stuff that happened after that. But that's basically how we all met together and basically when i was leaving they were just like making their first game called buka yeah and right after that they were making totemo which at that time received like 
there was like this challenge like a google developers game challenge or something like that and the totemo game ended up on the second place there so wow. i think that the ga- the guys received some money and uh because of that they were able to like leave Walt Disney and like establish their own company yeah i mean i i remember i know uh buka came out in 2008 and i think totemo was like 2009 or 2010 and you're you're right on where in that period for for mobile devices i mean the iphone came out in what 2007 uh galaxy you know and it's like that period you didn't have uh uh, there wasn't like a huge market like today you know it's just starting out and developers were kind of figuring out what works and what what doesn't and I, I guess to me, which we can uh, talk about a bit later, was you know this thing that stood out to me with Hexage's games, even from the beginning, was uh, this level of like polish and um, design quality that you didn't really see. Because a lot of people, it seemed like on the App Store, were just kind of putting out like little gimmicky stuff that was like you know smaller. And even from the beginning, like your the the company's first game was just uh, was it felt like a very complete product and something that. Um, stood out in terms of also like your music for the games also stands out as just this very like you know these luscious landscapes of electronic music and uh, yeah incredible and I, I I totally understand why why Totemo uh, would win an award like that because it was like a standout I feel like at that time yeah I think that's uh, that was the main point because the guys I mean we all had the experience um, to make like a I think good game. I mean, it sounds kind of, no. Like, I get that. I'm too proud of everything, but um, uh, so I think that helped the games a lot at that time because, as you were saying, like there, especially on Android, I don't think that there were like many polished games at that time. And if you made something that was like quite polished, I think that you had the chance to succeed. Yeah, I mean, I remember there were a lot of games that were just Apple exclusive and it seemed like Apple capitalized on gaming initially. So a lot of those games, you can only get on Apple and if you were on uh, Android, it was slim pickings. So yeah, I, the fact that you know you guys were putting out something for, for the Android device was was awesome. And I, I think that that certainly probably contributed to, to how it did, on, especially on the Google Play Store. Um, and I guess going from that then, um, you know, I kind of want to get into, so how did you get into to music production then? And sort of, uh, why was that a draw for you? Oh, uh, so it also is connected with games. Like at, um, like I think it was like year two thousand. I think there was a game that came on PlayStation uh, on the first PlayStation console, and mm-hmm. it was called Music Two Thousand, and it was like a game where you could compose music. It was actually quite advanced. Um, uh giving that it was a game made for a console so you, you made like a quite complex arrangements in the program and i saw it at my cousin and i bought it for pc mm-hmm. and i got just hooked on it and um, also i saw some i heard at the time like there was the um, album discovery by daft punk and uh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> uh, uh, and other stuff that I heard on, like, um, there was a uh, PC Gamer, that was a magazine about games. And they also, uh, uh, it came with a CD, and on the CD there were reviews 
for music and um there were also like a music previews and i heard uh, like a lots of like electronic music previews and it, it got really, really like me engaged and i really fell in love with that kind of music that mm-hmm. i never heard before and i especially like these like luscious i don't like petty synthesizer music that i just yeah. couldn't find anywhere else and i just like as i said i got hooked and i was looking for it and um as soon as i realized that i could make something by myself that sounded like something that i'm looking for like i just fell in love with that and After some time, I uh, became to know this like more complex program program that I'm using up up till now, called Reason Propeller has Reason, and that's f- something that I use for my like music composing since okay. like forever. Yeah, yeah, I I uh, I totally I can definitely see like some Daft Punk uh, influences in what you what you make, and um, yeah, that Discovery album. It, so interest funny story from when I I used to work at Starbucks and um we would we had like a Starbucks radio at the store and yeah. I I'd work the night shifts and um so the uh, Daft Punk song one more time is a really good song but it's also very repetitive right yeah. and I remember our radio system at Starbucks broke uh for like a week and it was only playing Daft Punk's one more time on loop <laughs> for like four and a half hours and i remember i distinctly remember we were just we were like going crazy and uh it was just like we you know you couldn't really tell where the song started or ended and it was just like a four hour blocks of of daft punks one more time playing <laughs> to the point where when we when we fixed the radio and we were able to put our own music on from our phones i remember every time i would close with my coworkers, i would put on one more time just for the kicks and uh, <laughs> it was it was awesome it was it was a fun time um yeah so uh, and I, you know, I know that you said you you won the the Golden Angel Award. So what what year was that uh, awarded to you? And sort of what was what was your experience uh, winning that? Uh, so it was my second album, and um, it was year two thousand ten. So almost like uh, it was nine years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, um, uh, I think that. It was a special because, um, uh, you know, like the Czech Republic is not like a huge country, you know, there are not many producers. So, I mean, yeah. the, there is some competition, but I don't think there's like lots of competition. So uh, I released it on a quite well-known label that was releasing like a good like indie music. And uh, they also helped the album to like, um, to like give it some like, quality and polish it and uh, I was also working on the album with some like Czech vocalists so like electronic music and vocals mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that many people were doing that in, che- in the Czech Republic so I mean it was standing out and I was lucky that they just awarded me the 
like with the award and I mean it I don't think that like it didn't change much for me like I got recognized a bit more and I played at some events mm-hmm. like one of the events like stood out because there was like I think 2000 people oh so, wow so it was like a huge crowd of people but there were like other bands that were playing that day so i don't think that they just came because of me you know (laughs) i I get that but but that must have been a yeah i was really i was really nervous at the time yeah yeah and uh so i think it was kind of special and uh i thank them for that opportunity and i just think yeah it got me recognized a bit more Mm -hmm. in the Republic. But like, I don't think it's like anything huge like that like changes your life forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, are there are there some other of your you know like your favorite moments from your career or standout uh, times for you that kind of mean a lot to you looking back? Uh, well, the award is definitely one of it, and um, uh, there was also some shows that I played as a DJ at um, because I. Um, at some time, like my first album was like lots of drum based music, mm-hmm. also the second album as well. There was some of it, uh, and I was do I was releasing some other drum based music on some other labels from the UK and I don't know some other places. And uh, I was playing at that time at a lot of like drum based events. So there were some like events where I played, uh, and there was like lots of people like sometimes there was like over 600 people at some shows because they were playing some big names from uk so mm-hmm. at these events like when the like the dance floor is full and like people are dancing that's something that i'm i like remembering and yeah i'm just trying to think what what else i mean um the hexage games like got me some huge exposure as well because uh, some of their games, like they have over millions of downloads. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't think that I could get that exposure anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to be really, really lucky to get ex- exposure. And also, like their trailers for their games, they have like over millions of views. So that's something that I'm grateful for as well. Uh, just trying to remember what else. Uh, I've seen all the like the, the the trailers for Hexage's games. They have a lot of views, and I guess for me, it's also kind of interesting because I mean, one one of the reasons why I wanted to get like have you or someone from Hexage on is it seems like Hexage, like they make these games, they have millions of downloads and all this stuff, but it seems like you know you, th- that they, the company the, you don't really um, like you're not on the social media a lot. You kind of just post your you know you've released these games and they get a lot of like hype and a lot of people playing them but um then it seems like the company they kind of go radio silent for a while and then it's like the next game comes out and then there's <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like, I, but, yeah i don't know i don't think that's that's something that they are proud of you know because uh <laughs> when they were starting like the market was at some point and um i think that at that time like they're like there were com- there was competition, but there wasn't as much competition as it is now. And also, mm-hmm. the market has been changing a lot lately. And yeah. So, um, I was just discussing with the guys like few few months ago, and uh, 
like they are quite surprised after three years like how much the market has changed because they like they can feel like it's much harder now to like get some exposure and they i think that they are aware that they are kind of like they don't have like the social media side of it like nailed and uh, they don't really use instagram i think and i don't really think that they use facebook much and i think it's like starting to turn on them in a bad way i think <laughs> I, well, they are realizing I, no i i understand that i mean i think i don't know because i thought of it i've i understand like in the in the mobile market right now it's like it is a lot of you know oh you gotta you gotta build up your brand and you need to release like you know you need to release teasers or you need to keep involved with your fans yeah i I totally get that and i think that hexage does that in the way of you know from my experience when i reached out to the company um the people at hexage are so responsive to fans just like you know reaching out to them about their games and i feel like you always respond to fans when they do yeah i think that's what's important and you don't necessarily like you know hexes isn't making a ton of social media posts but i think in the way that it matters is you guys are interacting with your fans on a personal basis which is something that you can't say for a lot of companies and then also i mean I think it's I think it's really neat in the sense of you guys like the the company releases a game and maybe they don't make a ton of like they don't post a lot of social media stuff but the game stands for itself because the the quality of the product I think is so good and you you guys definitely seem to have a large you know fan base that are still downloading and playing your new games and are excited for what you're making because I truly think that the games that you make with the art style and your music they're they're so unique that you can't find like another experience on the marketplace quite like yours you know like it's it's evident to me if i play if i'm playing a hexage game like reaper like i know it's a hexage game because it it has like this vibe to it you know yeah definitely i think that's what's kind of unique um um, in in their games because uh, i think that they stand out in the like a uh, artistic way yes the, the graphics and they have their own style like you can see the similarities between the games like it doesn't look very generic like you can see the sexage game and it's got like certain all right now we're good guys if you if you're listening uh to this we had some weird technical issues where the where the bots we used to record the show just kind of left on us <laughs> so we uh if, if it seems like this is a little disjointed it is because we had this like thoughts not here um so yeah we're back on track and radio you you were just saying that you had a, a couple questions for jacob yes um so as a musician myself um i find it really cool to sometimes look back to where you started uh, music at least and then where you are now sometimes and mm-hmm. so this is kind of like a two-parter. So um, when you reflect on your music uh, from then and now, what are some of the things that you think that you were able to accomplish as far as uh, really getting down your sound idea? And what are some of the struggles that you had in between that to get to where you are now? Hmm. Interesting question. Well, um, I don't think that my style changed a lot. Uh, over the years i think that i'm just i still keep like my own sound with quite lots of similarities because that's something i just like and when i try to leave the sound because i had like some periods of time where when i wanted to like make something different but then i just realized that i'm just making it for like 
for what reason am I making a different? Uh, just to make a different, like that's that's not why I should make, be making it. I just should make something that I enjoy. So um, I'm I'm like aware of my sound, and I know that it's very similar. So some people might find it boring over the years because uh, I I do think that it's evolving, but it's not evolved like drastically. I don't think that I'm able to make like completely different album. I just try to like improve something that I have and built on that so um, I had like periods of time when I wanted to make like uh, my music like genreless you know like because sometimes the musicians uh, have these I don't know like um, they are in the mood where they don't want to identify themselves with any kind of specific <laughs> genre you know like when they want to yeah. say like like um, I don't know what I'm making. Like it's something. It's a combination of everything. And I, I also had this period of time. But now I, I'm aware that I'm, I do make like genre-based music. I do make like drum-based songs, and I do make like breakbeat and like deep house music. So I also like left this period of time behind me, and I'm completely fine with it. That I, it's just. It gives me some like structure and I know exactly what I should be doing when I make the music. So when I hear musicians say that kind of stuff, like that they just make like kind of everything, I just kind of laugh because I also <laughs> I I also were doing that and I just think that I, I don't think it makes sense anymore, you know, like I mm -hmm. at, least, at least for me. I, I think that you always make like something that's more more sounding like some specific genre and I, I don't think that you should be like afraid to say that i don't think it's yeah. wrong to identify yourself with some kind of style because i also think that it makes uh makes it easier for you and for the listeners to find your music it makes it easier for you to market your music because you know exactly what your market kind of is and you can also expand it and uh the listeners they don't like search for like music sounding like anything like they usually i think that they are like after some specific genre and mm -hmm. um i think it's completely fine to say that that you are making like drum bass and house i think it's completely fine but what i tried over the years that to make it a little bit special in a way that i uh bring like these uh guests uh, into my music so recently i've been making music with my south korean friend that plays guitar so i include his guitar in my songs in lots of my recent songs and i think it, it gives it some unique feeling like his style is also kind of unique it's not like a generic guitar i think it's kind of jazzy and um it gives it some like different flavor and i also have some other korean like vocalists friend and they sing in korean so um i also included in my music and i also made an album where i featured lots of like czech uh singers so i also think that made it very unique because there were there wasn't many music that was like electronic based also with czech vocals at least not back then when i met made the album i think it was like year 2012. um i don't know if i answered your question but i think <laughs> no, you did. i think uh then and some more uh i appreciate that yeah i mean um, I, oh 
I was going to just interject and say, you know, I think I've seen in a lot of uh, musicians and criticisms of musicians seem to be like either the music, like a, an artist uh, chooses a genre or style of music and everyone complains because they say, like, oh, every album is just like a, a slightly different iteration of this. But then you also have the flip side where if artists change drastically, you have people criticizing, oh, well, you know, all this artist is doing is doing a new whatever, a new style every single album, and they're not, like, sticking true to their roots or whatever. And I think that the whole criticism is just kind of silly, and it's like, you know, and as an artist, you should be making what you enjoy, and if you can, and, you know, it should be a, a passion for you. So if you're making music that you enjoy to make, then you've done it, and, you know, if that does tend to be a, a certain style over the years, nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. You know, and I, I think that, you know, I'm glad to hear uh, Jacob that you seem to kind of have noticed that and have, you know, embraced it in a good way that, that, you know, helps you to continue in your career. Yeah. Like there are some other things that I'm like kind of uh, proud of, but that, that's in regards of sound like that, because uh, sometime before, like when I was musing making music um, with vocalists, when I was recording vocals, I don't think it sounded very good. But nowadays, I'm I'm able to make it sound good, and also I think that my recent tracks sound more professional than before. But I think that's like technicalities, and like listeners are really not interested in that. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of like proud of it, but I th I don't think like listeners really care about it. It's well, something just for myself. Yeah, which is fine. I feel that as a as a musician myself, I feel like. Um, I, I, well, I got a chance to listen to a good bit of your music lately, and I was like, wow. Uh, to me, I felt like there is at least a, a little bit of transition uh, from what I, at least I could hear on Spotify. Um, but mm -hmm. he already touched on that a little bit. And I think the really cool thing that I found to really enjoy in your music is the textures that you like to use, um, especially whenever it comes to mixing into the the big spacey synth, um, or um, I should say I should say more like fluffy. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> actually you are very right because i really like these like fluffy like luscious sounds and what i also like to combine it is like some like more pronounced bass so that's something that i like to combine i like it to be quite rhythmic and it's got some punch but not like obvious punch you know like mm -hmm. it's a bit hidden behind this thing because i i always like when the musical elements are more in front because what i don't like when i hear some like good tunes but the musical side is a bit tuned down and i can't really hear it so i try to make it like <clears throat> put more like uh emphasis on that you know i feel on the that same sounds do you feel happy with all your tracks like i know for me there's some tracks i'm like Ooh, uh maybe not so much <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, it's hard to say, you know, like I'm more like not happy with maybe as uh, some of the songs turn out like sound wise that I could have recorded it better or mixed it better. I can hear that maybe the vocals don't sound very good, but with the musical ideas, I'm fine with that. You know, it's all like it's a history and it like builds up your persona over time and i'm fine with it like i wouldn't delete anything i think i really like that outlook 
Yeah. I, I know some artists are like, I want to delete that as soon as I can. That was a fave. I <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the past, you know. <laughs> so I totally understand that. Um, well, thank you for that. I really, I really appreciate that. I think I'll <laughs> let Pine go back to where we well, go. I, yeah, I, I kind of going off of that. I, I think it. I, you know, I, we 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 talked about in the beginning a little bit how you have traveled a lot, and I was kind of wondering, jumping off of talking about music production. Um, so, has one? How have your uh, travels been like experience wise for you uh, as a person, kind of growing into you know adulthood, and also? Um, has it made a big influence on your uh, music career? Yeah, so actually I could like continue on my story that I was saying before. So when I like finished in Walt Disney and I went back to uni, when I finished my uni, I went for like an overseas kind of overseas experience and I went to New Zealand and I thought that I would go there just for like one year, but then I reelected there and I spent there almost three years. So, and that they just like, I think that changed me a lot because I was there on my own. You know, I don't, I didn't have anyone in there, and uh, I worked in a New Zealand company, and it just like was different environment. I was totally like out of my comfort zone. I was like really before that, I was really introverted. But after the New Zealand experience, I became more open and I think more like friendly, I, I would say. <laughs> and um, I don't know like how that would change my music because it's really hard to say. Like some people say like they just get the influence from like when they walk in the city and or when they travel. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think that it influences me that much or I I, I don't think that I feel it that much in my music i'm sure that it changed it's i think that you are changing all the time you know so i, I don't know if the travels like make that different but maybe that i was listening to maybe different stuff and i was listening to lots of like new zealand artists i think that mm -hmm. like in new zealand they have so many like talented artists when i compare it to for example the czech republic like we are like twice as big um, in like regards to population as New Zealand, but mm -hmm. like their like amount of talented musicians per like thousand people, I think it's much higher than the Czech Republic. Okay. And I also think that it's because there's like lots of international influences, like the, the population is very, uh, I would say, like there are lots of like migrants and it's, uh, like very mixed you know i think just gives the people maybe that's what gives the artists like more inspiration is the people i think i don't really think it's necessarily the environment i it's more the people yeah. that you meet and that you talk no, with and yeah i totally under I, th I think that's a good point because you know even if um like yeah, yeah i totally understand i don't think i'm the type of person that walks around a new location and thinks um Oh, like, you know, I can totally feel like I'm in this town and this is going to have an impact on my life drastically. Like, I don't really get that experience from traveling. Mm -hmm. I totally get the idea of um, I am a very intro introverted person myself. And even if like some if I went if I lived in a different country and it just caused me to be uh, more open and friendly with people. I feel like yeah, that, yeah. Would, that would inevitably work its way into what I was making in terms of maybe 
Um, you know, maybe I'm more open to, to adding this instrument or other ideas because I'm more open socially now. And I can, I can yeah, see yeah. that, you know, that sort of experience would certainly have an impact. Yeah, I think that you, actually, when I like reflect on the past, uh, I think that what you get like the most experience, uh, I mean, most uh, like influence from is like when you are a bit out of your comfort zone and you don't have anyone and you get like this melancholic kind of feelings and you feel a bit sad, you know, because you are in a different country, you have a job there and like you don't have anyone in there, you have no one to rely on. And like when I reflect on the past, like I remember like the beautiful nature and stuff, but I also remember like this kind of like a melancholic commutes on a bus from from work home <laughs> yeah. you know, when i was like had like a really stressful day at work and it was like dark and i don't know like when like these kind of like sad and not really sad moments in your life but i would say like a melancholic like kind of autumny moments mm -hmm. i think that like they influence you a lot and maybe that's something that i put into my music because i realized that when i'm quite happy i don't really find that much inspiration to make music. <laughs> i mean i do but it's just it's diff completely different mood and i can see it in my music that maybe before that before i um before i was more like stable uh i was making like definitely more like um uncertain melancholic music and now i make i think more confident sounding music you know <laughs> yeah I, I get that i mean as you go through different periods of life uh you know you have you have a lot of different experiences and i i, I honestly have like a fondness towards those type those similar type moments of like rainy days and just looking out the window or reading a book or relaxing with some with a video game or something on like those types of days and maybe it is sort of like a sad mood but there there is this sort of comfort in that and um i guess like i guess in those periods it's like understanding that or at least trying to feel like there's hope in the future and, and something can come out of it and then like if that happens then it's it's uplifting so i, I think you're more creative when you're going through stuff yeah definitely yeah definitely gives yeah. you more inspiration because you just have to think harder you know when you are comfortable you don't think that much you know <laughs> yeah. and um uh also like i would like to touch on the point while i i i don't really travel because i I have to see something. I just travel because it has to have some purpose, you know. I was there and I was working there and that's fine, but I'm not the kind of person that just travels because of like seeing something. Uh, it's just yeah. I think that's uh, like completely um personally and like everyone is different and every people like to travel differently, but I think it's like it's quite important to know that I'm not like traveler because oh, yeah. I like to travel <laughs> no. the world. I no I don't I do have to know that I have some purpose in the country where I travel. Like yeah. I don't, I don't have to like see everything. I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Um, and so, what what are some of the other uh, sort of hobbies that you have though outside of out of your work and music production? Like, do you do you enjoy playing uh, video games, or you know, do you have other uh, like athletic hobbies that you enjoy? Uh, so. When I was in New Zealand, I I did like fishing a lot because there was sea everywhere and really like fishing. Mm -hmm. I also like bicycling. I do running and um, 
I don't really play video games that much anymore. And it's since I've worked in Walt Disney, you know, because I, I don't know, some people, like lots of people have it differently, but I just like, when I was working on the games, I just got fed up so much with the games that I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't play the games anymore. So nowadays I do have just like a few titles that I sometimes play, but okay. I'm not like... Did Walt Disney change me so much that I'm not like a passionate gamer anymore, you know? Because yeah, I, and it's something that uh, I wouldn't like to work in the game game industry anymore. Like it's yeah. such a stressed um, stressed environment, and um, I think that you just have to be real. Like you can't really have life. I think when you work in like a big game studio i think they they just have to hire yeah yeah yeah, they just push you to your limits and you know because it's games like every person thinks that they just know the best you know like they even like i remember that when i was working as a level designer like it's such a like at least back then, it was such a like abstract job, you know. Like mm-hmm. everyone, everyone thought that they just knew better than you. Like every, <laughs> every manager, every like HR person, everyone, they just like knew what to do. So yeah, uh, I I don't know. Like it's it's a really tough environment to work in. Mm-hmm. I it's something that I'm glad that I experienced it because. Um, I think you you get to really know your coworkers and you make lots of friends, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's something sustainable for a long long time. Yeah, especially if you want to have some life outside of work. But I that that could be just like based on my experience, and you know, there could be like game companies that are really good and they treat their like employees, yeah, in a great way. I don't know. I- I think it might depend upon if you're working maybe for a, a, a big corporation, like, you know, obviously yeah, Disney, yeah, Disney's yeah, yeah. huge. So I, yeah. I totally, I've heard a lot of reports, especially from larger gaming companies of, of like, you know, 70 plus hour work weeks on employees and just really taxing. And it is a very stressful and chaotic environment. Yeah. And I think, I mean, maybe for even Hexage or smaller gaming companies that sort of are independent and on their own, if they have more control over that, I mean, I could imagine it being a much more pleasant and more homey environment if you yeah, work with the right people. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I understand that. And do you, have you ever like sat down and played any of, of Hexage's games over the years? Oh yeah, definitely. I do play, I do play their games, but I don't think that it would be possible for me to make the sounds and the music if I didn't oh, play yeah. them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I definitely do do play their games, and I think that what I just said it just applies for the big companies, as you said. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And maybe it was before, like it was, I think ten years ago, and the game industry changed so much since then. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what I just didn't like at the time it wasn't really the hours. It's just that the sometimes we were. Uh, they were like setting up, setting up these milestones, and sometimes we were building just two features to like satisfy some milestone. And after that, it ju- they just scratched it, and uh, like they made the managers higher up happy, and we just continued working on something else. You know, like these yeah. changes that you make something just to satisfy some other person, but it wasn't really 
um, uh, building up towards the purpose of the game, like there was something like <laughs> demoralizing, you know? Yeah, I get that. No, having having that type of uh, almost like this sort of hopelessness in the work that you're doing, and like thinking <laughs> yeah. like, wow, all this all this stuff that I'm working on is like going basically nowhere. It, I understand it can be kind of crushing. So yeah, 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 yeah. I totally understand. Well, well, awesome. Um, I think uh, on that note, we will we will take a, a short little break here, and we will um, come back at the second half, talking more, um, a bit more about maybe hexage involvement, and talking about uh, outlook and mentality a bit. So yeah, um, we'll be back. We're here with um, Kabatko, aka Jacob, and uh, Radio is here, and we're kind of delving into the second half of our show, which um, for the typical format of an episode would sort of be like video game discussion slash like talking about uh, outlooks and mentality a bit. And um, in, in the format of this episode with, with Jacob, we're, we're kind of talking about Hexage a bit and sort of his involvement with the company and um, you know, I, I think one of the one of the reasons, and we were, I was just talking to, to Jacob during the break about you know how, why I was kind of reaching out to Hexage, and one of the reasons is um, Ritual, their newest game that came out this year, and also uh, their other game Reaper, which is my personal favorite game that Hexage makes, and it's one of just one of my favorite games of all time in the sense of it's just such a fun action RPG. Um, those games are now on the Nintendo Switch, and I know that since you know the the arms community is sort of our involvement and uh, and a lot of the listener base of this show, um, I thought that it would be interesting to have you you know someone from Hexa John talking about the company a bit, and also for listeners um, to try out you know go go get those games on the the Switch Marketplace. They're on there and they're not that expensive, and I think they're really well well crafted. So uh, starting into that, you know, we we kind of talked already about how you kind of got involved with the company to start with. And I, I guess elabor uh, elaborating on that, um, you know, 
how's it been working with the people from the team? And when you are making music for the games, um, how does that process start? Like, do you have songs in mind or do, or do they kind of present the concept of the game to, to you and you go off of that? So just kind of getting into that would be really interesting. Yeah, sure. I, well, the good thing about Exit is that they are my friends. So, uh, and we kind of clicked together, you know, like, uh, um, when I make the sounds and the music for them, like we discuss it a lot, especially the sounds, but in terms of the music, they pretty much like give me complete freedom. Sometimes like we realize some of the songs were not suitable, but it doesn't <laughs> happen that much, which I'm really happy about. So I don't have to really mm -hmm. rework that much stuff. So when I make it, when I finish it, I play it for the guys. They say, yeah, it sounds good, or yeah. maybe it could be maybe longer, or there could be maybe something different, or maybe we are worried that some of the sounds could sound bad on the like a mobile device because the speakers are not that great. Yeah. So, uh, but really, in terms of the music, it's really pleasant for me because they just leave me complete freedom. And I had the experience with other companies like offering me like uh, jobs mm -hmm. on their games and to make music for their games but yeah. i just I, as we discussed before i have my own style and i can't really change it much i'm not that kind of artist that can do like any kind of music um i'm really not that like there are like much better people for that so i already turned a few jobs for other companies because i just i, I just didn't want to do it because i knew that it wouldn't work or I tried it and I saw that it wasn't working. So I just like left it at that. So, so these days I just like refuse any offers for like game music from any companies because I don't have that much time because it's my hobby. And I don't know if I want to go through like getting to know other company and working with like new people. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they will have their own opinions, and I will have to like adapt to that. I, I just don't really have time or the energy for that. So I, I'm just happy with Hexage, and as as they go, and um, from the start, like their first, like their first games were less complex. I think it just goes hand in hand with the game industry on the like mobile devices, like. Before it was just like three songs, two, three songs for for a game it was enough and a few sounds, and it didn't take that much time to make it. But these days, like I think it took us almost like maybe six months to get the sounds and the music for the ritual game, and it's like verse and verse with every their game you know like like <laughs> they say they always say like the next game will be more simple and there will be like less complex game mechanics and it's always like different you know the complete opposite it's more complex they need more sounds and they need more music <laughs> well, so it's always more work for me yeah well i think i mean i think you make a good point in terms of well one i think that your particular electronic style um, goes so well with like the, the games that Hextage is making in terms of these neon bright colors and yeah, yeah. Um, I, I remember uh, particularly I think like there was one night when I was in college where I played like evac uh, the game that's you know kind of based around Pac-Man 
and yeah, 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 yeah. that your music on that game and just like the vibe of playing um those levels like late at night was was like this really uh, nostalgic experience that i still remember and it was like just meshed really well and um i totally understand that like working with other companies brings other issues and other problems and I would say, you know, we, we were just also talking about maybe why Reaper uh, kind of like, because Reaper definitely blew up on the marketplace and seemed to be a big hit. And I think that that might be the game in like Hexage's library that sort of distinguished maybe more simple concepts from um, a more advanced and more complex world. Because like Reaper had, um, you know, you had like a full inventory system and the combat was rather complex and there was a lot of levels and a lot of depth to the game. And I think that, uh, you know, it, that kind of shows how the, the mobile marketplace has uh, evolved over the years. Yeah, definitely. And um, like everything is getting more complex, really. And it is. the games take more times to down because they are not really expanding their team anymore. And so it just takes more time, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, how how many people are like technically like how many people are at Hexage in terms of you know the team there? I'm actually not really permitted to like oh, say that because no, they, no, are, no, <laughs> they are quite secretly. No, 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 secret no, that's fine. Their studio, uh, but uh, they they are quite small yeah. team. Yeah, that's no problem. I don't want to I don't want to get you or anyone else in trouble. So I I totally understand. <laughs> I respect the the privacy. Don't worry about that. Um, I don't think I would get in trouble. But it's just they are really secret. Yeah. and they just want to keep it at that. So no, that's fine. Because um, again, I I think that as a studio, you like we mentioned earlier, um, they just kind of release their games and they're happy with that and they do really well. So I don't like I think the system that they have is, <laughs> is great. Like that's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, I mean the, the like ritual, I think there was what you made seven or eight tracks, I think, or maybe, maybe like around there in terms of the, the soundtrack. And I, I thought, yeah, yeah. But actually the good thing is that all my songs got approved. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have to like uh, uh, rewrite anything that much. Like there were some like little tweaks, but it was all good. So it actually went quite smoothly because I remember that with first Redcon or Radiant Defense, I made like eight songs, but then only like three got used or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and well, sometimes you know it just takes uh, takes time because uh, we always do the thing that I first make the music. And after that, we make the sounds because that way we can be sure that the sounds don't interfere with the music. And, and also, like the the music kind of give it some like framework that we can the boundaries that we can work with, mm-hmm. and then we can be sure that it just makes like a whole piece. You know, it the things do do not stand out that much. Yeah, in terms of the sounds. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we first made the music and then we started with the like the crystal sounds mm-hmm. it just took us a really long time to get the crystal sounds done because it's such a frequent sound yeah but yeah it was really hard like how do you make crystal sound you know like it's just <laughs> yeah so i i found it quite impossible because i've made so many versions of it it just was never right yeah you know? let me let me paint a picture for listeners a bit because ritual we're talking about ritual that which is the newest game by hexage and it is on the nintendo switch now and 
um, in the game. It's it was originally like you didn't control the character at all, and and the character moved almost like a pinball machine, as it was described. Yeah. yeah. And now it's an now it essentially plays like an action RPG on the Switch uh, or on mobile devices. And um, in the game, you're killing a lot of monsters, and they're dropping a lot of crystals that you use to fuel uh, spells you can equip to your um, sorcerer. And they're, especially in the later stages of the game, you are picking up hundreds of crystals, like, all the time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I yeah. can imagine making uh, sound effects that don't, like, seem way too obtrusive because like if there was like if you if you had like the sonic sound of like picking up a ring every time you got a crystal and ritual that would be maddening <laughs> like, like you would go crazy um so i think it, yeah actually like the like the these like uh making sounds get gets really like difficult these days like especially with their recent games like recent four games mm-hmm. Um, like for the last game, I made around 500 sounds, and only like some of it got used, you know. Yeah. So I would say that maybe in the game there could be like 90 sounds or something like that, and all the le- all the rest we just threw threw away. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Uh, <sighs> yeah, like there are like these spells you know and you just like think that something's gonna like work perfectly but then you just can't find the right sound sometimes sometimes it's just annoying or it just doesn't stand down stand out enough and well and i i think one of the things for especially the hexage games is um i don't think we've really talked about this before um that typically i mean you don't really update the games too much like by like maybe some bug fixes here and there but for the most part um you have you you seem like hexage has a very good quality um control in terms of when they release the game unlike a lot of companies nowadays the product is more or less complete you know like you you have level of polish and the mechanics work and there's really no game breaking bugs in the game and um you don't always see that nowadays and yeah i think uh, that's just because I think that their lead programmer, like he has uh, built all their development tools mm-hmm. um, by himself. So, and they've been using it since the star- start, I think. Okay. So, I think that uh, it gives it like some mm, reliability because he knows like exactly what everything works. And when they start building a game, it doesn't take that much time for him, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, it also. I think that maybe gives makes it harder for them because if you are using something like Unity for building the games, yeah. If you if you want to take advantage of like some of the new features in Unity, like they have to build it by themselves oh, yeah. because yeah, they yeah. just don't use it. So yeah, yeah. It... I think that also gives their games like because of the development tools, it also gives them that unique feeling. I think. I, I completely agree. I mean, I think that um, one, I mean, none of the, like, even Ritual, which is kind of rare nowadays, but um, you, there's no microtransactions. Like, you're not making games with microtransactions in them. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you purchase the game and you get the full game. And that's honestly, un- like, very uh, rare nowadays in the mobile <laughs> game yeah, industry. But I think you make a good point where, like, if you if you if it's built on like its own system, it has that feel to it, and that um, maybe even though maybe the mechanics aren't necessarily like super like you know super crazy or complex, um, there's like this really homey and comfortable feel that you can 
So you can definitely see between all the different games. Yeah, I think that as you play uh, as a player, you wouldn't think that kind of the build tools would like gives it gives it some feeling. I think that the gamers just I'm think that anything can be done. You know. Yeah, and yeah. In terms of hexage, it's not that because they have like their own tools and they have to use certain type of graphics. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that they just want to change their style that much. So, so they try to accommodate. Um, like the graphics to fit their like building blocks, yeah. you know. So, and um, what has what has been your favorite hexage game to work on? And maybe what is you know maybe not working on, but what is your your favorite game that they've made? I think that uh, I have a few like favorite games. One of them is Totemo. I like the Totemo, like the relaxing atmosphere. I like when I play the game, I. It's just like relaxes my mind, mm-hmm. and um, but in terms of the gameplay, I think that Radiant Defense is my favorite. But it's just because I like like tower defense oh, games. Yes, so. I love tower defense games, and I I'm, I've always been a fan of the the Bloons tower defense games. And I do remember Radiant Defense, especially being the first hexage game that I played when I first got it. And I was like, this is a tower defense game, but it has neon graphics, and the music is like so like electronic and like chill. Like this is amazing, and um, <laughs> it's like it's just such a relaxing experience for sure. Yeah, so I think Totemo and Radiant Defense are my favorite. I also like Evac as well. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. also like Everlands. It's a bit of like a forgotten title, and I think that they think of the game as a bit like unsuccessful game uh-huh. because it didn't get much hype. But I also like it a lot. So I liked uh, I liked Everlands a lot. Everlands. Um, uh, so li- for listeners, Everlands was uh, like sort of like a hex-based grid strategy game where you it yeah, was, it's almost like a heroes of might and magic yeah exactly type of game yes in a way and the way you the way the mechanics of the game i, I mean i i think are pretty unique i haven't seen a whole lot of other titles quite like it and um it's like you're trying to save the forest from these corrupted animals and it's like it's it's i i think it's it's a very it's a very fun title like i think it's very enjoyable and uh i i i like i'm i'm sorry to i'm sorry that it may not have gotten the success they wanted but uh, i think it's fun <laughs> yeah yeah um then i guess moving on to sort of our, our last topic of the show and sort of talking about um like mentality and just outlooks in general. Um, so like, uh, you know, what is, what is your take on like your successes and, and failures in your career? Like, you know, how do you approach um, either some of the greatest, you know, we talked about like the golden angel award and your experience with that and then uh, disappointments, like what, how have you gotten through that? Especially as you've kind of had sort of a, a lengthy career at this point. Um. I know this is oh, this is this is the deep stuff. <laughs> so yeah, it's quite a broad topic. You know? It is, yeah. and you can approach it however you know. Mm. If you wanna, if you want some n- clarification or narrowing it down, or well, um, uh, I have a few things. So when I also like go back to some of the stuff that we talked about before. So I would say that one of my successes is that I went uh, to a job, and then I realized that I want. To explore it more, I went back to university and I learned something and I used it in my future career. Mm-hmm. I think that's something like some people think that they have to go like to school 
and do it all at once you know like you go to high school then you go to uni you know yeah. so but i think that if you take a break between them it gives you like more when you get some like working experience and then you go back to school everything seems more easy you know i wasn't like a great student at high school but when i went to like uni and i knew exactly what i want to learn and i want to like achieve in the future like it just made the study so much easier and so so much fun like i was one of the best students i i don't want to no, like... no that's fine no you you deserve that you deserve to be able to you know acknowledge your accomplishments yeah so i would just like encourage people like if you if you go to work and you you don't really know what you want to do and if you find your something that you like explore more i like strongly encourage you to like maybe go back to school and explore the topics that that seems fun for you mm -hmm. and i'm sure it's gonna work out for you because like when you know exactly what you want to achieve it's so much easier and i really enjoy the uni so much that i like some people complaining about school it's so hard but i just think it was the easiest time of my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? well when you're when you're when you're studying or doing things that you enjoy it it's it feels a lot easier it's not yeah, nearly yeah. as difficult to yeah, do yeah. and i think you bring up a good point also like i would stress you know to listeners especially if you're going you're working or going into university or or whatever i mean there's not nothing wrong with not having everything together like not having all your uh your, you know everything lined up because life you know life happens and you can't control everything and um mm. you know understanding that um you know taking time like i think especially between high school and college if you don't know exactly what you want to do yet and you want to spend some time in the work world to get some experience and maybe figure out what interests you um, that's fine. Cause I think there's just such a pressure nowadays to like, you have to go to university, like you have to go to college right out of high school. And that's the only option. And it can definitely yeah, help yeah. you in a lot of ways in terms of education, but you shouldn't feel like that's the only option. You know, there's, there's other things and, um, nothing wrong with working, going back to school or, or going or working. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel that like getting the degree is like great for like, it's, it's a great thing, you know, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't try to encourage you not to go to school. I just try to encourage you, like, find what you are interested in and then go to school because yeah. then you will enjoy it so much more. Exactly. Yes. No, I, I agree. And I, I, feel, I feel the same way as figure out, figure out I, what interests you and what, what motivates you. Yeah. I also think that one of the good things was, like, going to New Zealand just to try to experience, like, different culture. Like, these overseas experiences are like quite popular these days but lots of people maybe go to these countries to like do some summer jobs and then go back mm -hmm. what i would maybe recommend is try to get the real job there you know try to get a job that's related in your uh professional career mm -hmm. because that's what happened to me and i like benefit so much from it because um if you do some like summer job you just get tired of it and you go back like i don't think it gives you it gives you definitely something but i think that if you get like a job that's relevant to your career then it's so much more beneficial for you and you like see the work in a, a different country and just gives you a whole different perspective or maybe how things should be done and you can maybe bring some of the good stuff to your country you know and try to do it differently there yeah because 
it definitely happened to me. Like, and I I was quite lucky because I got to work on some of like big projects. Like, I don't know, like uh, in the US, I don't think like rugby, like rugby, like what I can what I consider like the European rugby, or mm-hmm. I don't know how I would call it. Um, it's popular there, but uh, I got to like basically managed and build up the website of uh, Team All Blacks. You know the uh, the New Zealand rugby team that's like uh, very popular all over the world. Mm-hmm. Like they won like m- many championships, and uh, that's something I'm really grateful for because it was like a huge project and. I basically got the tech lead position on it, and I was very lucky. So that's something that I'm like happy about. Yeah, that I achieved. I, I totally, I totally agree. And I think you know, I think what you kind of lay out is sort of the idea of taking the plunge or taking like you know, once you move somewhere or have a full time position, like you know, you're in a way you are sort of locked in there and you're sort of putting down some roots that maybe challenge you and force you to think or be creative in ways that you wouldn't have. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. if you just did like a summer internship where you're just returning home and you can kind of fall back into the same patterns. Like if you, if you're trying to push yourself, uh, doing something like sort of a little more drastic like that, I think is a great life experience for people. Yeah. And I also think that it's good if you experience it like when the, you know, when you work there a bit more time, maybe for like two years, like when the things become a bit stereotypical, like when you kind of get relaxed and then you see also the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So so you can like kind of balance out what's good and what's bad because when you like get hired somewhere, everything is great, you know, like yeah. you see all the good stuff. But it only takes like maybe a year, year and a half and you start also see the bad stuff. So exactly. I think that then you can kind of take the good and the bad and you can bring it where you came from yeah and figure uh, out what maybe you want to change and maybe your next job or or uh, yeah definitely. or things that yeah, you yeah. want to avoid or things that you want to go for it, it helps like making that commitment and kind of sticking it out a while uh yeah definitely uh i'm just trying to think like in terms of the music like what i'm like really proud of. it's not the awards you know it's mm-hmm. Uh, it's just something that I like to do, and when I do it, like I get, I get this sense of like satisfaction. Like, I'm not really proud of like the publicity. It's just like that I make something good, and I'm, I, I'm excited about it, and doesn't really get like to get lots of hype. Yeah, I'm just like content with what I do. It's for- and. That's um yeah, but it- that's just such a really it's well that's like such a on point uh thing that with what with our show and what we've kind of talked about because on, on one of our previous episodes we were talking about how like especially even with this podcast that we're doing um we're kind of doing it for the right reasons of we we're we're doing it because we want to and not because like there's money or reputation or pride involved and like it's really it's kind of funny because we had like i had no idea what necessarily was gonna happen on this episode obviously because we've never spoken <laughs> before this and, yeah, and yeah. just hearing you kind of saying that i think resonates really well with with what we're what with uh you know doing things for the right reasons and and doing them because you want to and not necessarily because you're hoping to be well known or a ton of reputation like you know it's better to just do the thing and then whatever 
reputation or publicity or whatever comes of it will happen, um, but not to make that the focus. Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, it's really good to have like some kind of um, like a bigger hobby uh, next to your work life because then you have always something to fall back on to fall back on because um, when something goes wrong at your job, you always have something like to cheer you up or you know to have something different to relax your mind and you you can kind of turn off or just to meet different people. Yeah, and. I'm really grateful for that in my music because I met so so many like different people and um, I also kind of because of my music I um, it's also for different reasons but I uh, basically studied the Korean language and I went to Korea to study like a Korean language for like a two months summer course oh wow i basically took time away from my work uh-huh. and i went there for two months it was in 2017 and i was learning korean there i also had there my music friends and we uh, got together and we were making music t- together and it was a really good experience I, I was able basically to speak their language and it just like opens your like whole different new world for you yeah so I would also encourage people to like learn different languages, not just English, because English is great. But <laughs> yeah, when you when you get to know these like really like closed cultures, you know, mm-hmm. when you kind of can get around in there, it's just like a whole different new world. And I I realized like how much how many great musicians are in Korea, like electronic m- musicians. And what I was so like so surprised about was that there were also like lots of like women you know like not i mean <laughs> in my country we don't have like many women like electronic musicians but mm-hmm. in korea i met like and i saw so many like i was so blown away yeah yeah the, the sort of diversity and stuff that can come yeah 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 definitely um uh, yeah i don't i mean i think you you I think that's great. And that's, that's like crazy to think that, I mean, for me at least, like that's really cool that you basically went out of your way to take time to go into, I mean, explore different culture entirely and get to learn language and also collaborate with people for your career. And I think the importance of having a good hobby uh, is so important. Like if you, if if it's, I feel like if you're, if it's just work that, that brings you joy or what your focus is, um, you know there's going to be ups and downs and it can burn you out and i feel like you you sort of need to be more well-rounded to get through life in terms of having something that you're passionate about that's on the side or something that you can enjoy that kind of takes your mind off of the stress and um gives you something to have like a creative outlet um especially if you work for a company and then it's quite fragile because you can always get fired and you can (laughs) lose your job yeah you know and if you don't have anything else to like kind of rely on, it's quite hard. So if you have something else like in your I don't know, back in your mind that you can always rely on, it's it's like it's a great thing, you know, because yeah. you are like your own boss in terms of like for me it's music, like mm-hmm. I can do whatever. Yeah, yeah. I will say that having like especially working on this uh show and um editing and talking about production and stuff on the episodes with uh with radio, it's like it has been like it's i sort of like see the world in a different way in terms of like um 
I get, I, I don't know, I feel it's just like generally more happy and I have like this outlet where I can go to create stuff and I feel if it's like so uplifting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Radio, uh, did you have anything you wanted to add or, um, you know, anything that you wanted to ask uh, Jacob sort of in maybe closing, closing the show? Yes, yes, and yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's good. I'm sorry. Um, so, I, and these are more random questions, like out of the blue, not necessarily uh, mentality focused. I hope that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, I was kind of reading around on some music bios and I came across, you know, not just some of the hobbies that you talked about earlier about like a bicyclist, but you're also an animal lover. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. just something that I wrote in the past. I don't know. I just found it like interesting to write because I just didn't see many people like showing love to animals. So I just wrote it there, you know. <laughs> so you wrote wasn't it you said sloths or something? Yeah. Well it was my favorite animal. I actually when I was working in New Zealand, every person had a animal connected with them like they had it as an icon mm -hmm. so i had a sloth as an icon <laughs> so i just goes with me i don't know uh, but it doesn't mean that i'm lazy you know no no, no that's fine no <laughs> no we're, i feel that <laughs> it's okay there's an entire um thing where people are starting to love the sloth yes well and i was just curious i guess um so another thing um I'm kind of, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit, but when it came to Daft Punk, what was like, um, what was probably your favorite out of their entire discography that you like to listen to? Uh, you mean from their, all of their albums? Yes. Yes. Like favorite song. Uh, I think that's the, um, it's on discovery and I think it's like the harder better faster stronger i don't i don't know the title of the song oh yet, yes, yes i actually really like aerodynamic as well that's also from discovery I and feel uh before that i also was listening a lot to their like first album homework yep and i really like the song revolution 909 Okay, yeah, but um, that's actually like I really like their like first two albums, but after that I I didn't like any of their like uh, albums that came after that. Unfortunately, I that. no, I understand that. They, it was just too different, you know. Yeah, and you know, for some artists, you know, that we they tend to go through that. Um, I don't know. There's just there's too many to name that do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of happen uh, over time and. You know whether they enjoy it. That's a that's a good thing, and I'm sure there's fans afterwards that like that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, actually, um, I I like when the artists don't change that much. You know, I like when they like keep their kind of original sound. Yeah. I also was a really big fan of Linkin Park. Oh yes. Like, like some of their like last albums, like I just didn't enjoy them at all. I just, I don't know. I just couldn't. It was such a it. transition. But, yeah 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 one of my favorite artists Just... is uh owl city and um like i don't think there's anything quite like their first couple albums in terms of like the production and like yeah, layers yeah. upon layers of like electronic sounds that are just like holy crap and then i really do appreciate their newer albums but 
it it's it's a departure from like the sort of like almost like basement sound that what was there from the beginning. What? Okay. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like there's this completely different sound that happens once they get signed. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, there's um there's a few artists that uh, happen like that, and a lot of the people locally around here always make fun of that thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think it's humorous, but it's not always true. A lot of the times, the artist tends to make what they truly want to do make. Uh, but at the same time, there's just a little bit of a different direction. Yeah. It's usually what causes that. Mm, uh, I, okay. I was just curious. That's fine. Um, let's see. I think I had one more thing, and I looked through my notes for it. What was your What was your favorite song that you've ever made? Like, whether it's personal or not, just like the most satisfying out of all your song list. Like for me, I I really like um, "Day and Night." I sit and wait. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it actually got quite a bit exposure on. On YouTube, some guy made there like a like a video for it, and it got. Oh. I remember at that time it got like over a hundred thousand views. Oh, wow. and it got even more after that, but then because he used like some un unlicensed video clips, it just got like banned. Oh, and, no, you know, the popularity of the song declined. Oh, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Oh, the copyrights. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that my favorite song, like, from from my recent albums, uh, it's uh, Bracelets. I don't think it's, like, something that stands out a lot, but I really like it. I like how it's, like, rhythmic with the bass, and there's, like, lots of synths and vocals, like, little vocals, clips. So, something that I like. I really like it. It's on the... Last album, Tom Tor. Yes, I was listening yeah. to that uh, earlier this week, and that was, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I had a fun time with the album. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was. Um, I think bracelets replace, and I, sorry if I say this wrong. I want to say subak. Ah, uh, subak. Yeah, that's actually okay. from Korean. It means watermelon. Oh, watermelon. Really? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of a sudden, I have so much more appreciation for this song. <laughs> Well, it's just written in English, so of course, that they don't write it like that. Yeah, right? yeah. Right. It's just pronounced like that. Okay, cool. Um, I think that's pretty much it for, I guess, some yeah. like just random questions for me. No, that's good. We, um, we always appreciate stuff like that. And I mean, I guess in, in closing, uh, Jacob, was there anything you wanted to add or anything um, you're, you're free to also you know, share, uh, I know you have a band camp and you can find your music on like Spotify and a lot of other sources. So you feel free to, you know, give yourself a shout out or just if you wanted to add anything, go ahead. Uh, so just for the listeners, like, uh, actually my website is not working right now. I was doing some changes in there, so okay. it's not working right now. <laughs> but well, but just I... Google like Kubatko and it's gonna give you like lots of like uh, links so yeah. maybe just like find my music on spotify everything almost everything is in there so yeah. just feel free to type in there kubatko k-u-b-a-t-k-o mm -hmm. yeah definitely and um 
yeah, by the time this episode uh, goes up and we finish everything on it, um, it, it who knows? Maybe your website will be back up. But um, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But definitely, um, you know, go check out Kabatko's music. And then again, we've been talking a lot about um, the studio that he's collaborated with, Hexage and uh, Hexage's Games, Ritual, uh, Sorcerer Angel, and Reaper: The Tale of the Pale Swordsman are out on Nintendo Switch, and they've been out on mobile devices as well. So feel free to go play uh those games there please support um the company they, they make a lot of great games and they deserve the recognition um and again th- um jacob thank you so much for you know agreeing to come on the show with us this was uh, a really awesome and, and fun discussion that we've been able to have with you i think that um i've certainly learned a lot and i think that hopefully our listeners and um you know everyone else can get, get something from this so yeah thank you for having me i really enjoyed it yeah thank you absolutely um and with that uh this will this will end the first um bonus episode that we have for uh wholesome transmissions and we're really excited for what will hopefully come in our next season and other episodes so obviously keep uh you know tabs on that we have our soundcloud page and we're also um trying to add our spot uh, podcast like apple podcast and stitcher so um hopefully that will be up shortly as well so um yeah guys you have a, a great uh, rest of your day and we'll talk to you uh in the next episode bye thank you bye wholesome transmissions is hosted by me pineapple freak and radio radio does post-production on the episodes as well as editing and audio editing too thanks to Griffical for designing our logo and we would like to give a huge thank you to Kabatko for providing the music that we use in this episode. All music used was courtesy of Kabatko. And we'd also like to thank Hexage for sending Kabatko on the show. You guys are awesome and we really appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you.